This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. And today we're talking about difficulty in games, like difficulty levels, the philosophical foundations <laughs> of difficulty in games, uh, all that goodness. What are we talking about, Skylar? Well, yeah, so I just thought, I think it's just really interesting because there's such a wide range of what I would call difficulty in games. Um, and just like how different people enjoy and interact with games in different ways from the perspective of how difficult those games are, right? Like Dark Souls, for example, is like the king of like quote unquote difficult games. Some people hate that shit. Some people like only play Dark Souls because it's the only <laughs> thing that gets their blood rushing enough or whatever. Um, but I just, well, so I guess we'll just start with like, what is difficulty? Is it just like how challenging a game is? What does that mean? Do you have any opinions on that? Hmm. How I would define difficulty. Yeah. Generally, I think the way I think about it is how challenging a game is to accomplish its goal, you know, whatever that goal may be. Right. Um, right. There's also sub levels of difficulty in a sense, like, uh, because a game sometimes has like sub some uh, sub elements to it right so if you're like playing sure. rocket league there's the difficulty of like scoring a goal against uh you know uh like likely skilled similarly skilled com- opponents and then there's also the difficulty of like hitting the fucking shot you know <laughs> sure totally uh, yeah yeah rocket league is interesting like that it has a really deep like skill matrix or yeah. whatever right yep so mm-hmm. and i think that really plays into it and i think with multiplayer games difficult it's a whole nother thing right because then there's the human element of difficulty in there like how do you balance another human being way better at the game with you that gets into like the matchmaking discussion right but for now let's just talk about like gameplay design difficulty right not ignoring just like if i'm playing against Link's potter in rocket league that shit's gonna be easy right whereas if i'm playing against uh like who's so good in our discord uh just west <laughs> like just west he's gonna fuck me up right yeah <laughs> that's, that's not the kind of difficulty we're talking about here so um so like i i don't know you've never played dark souls but i know you've watched people play dark souls why do you think people love dark souls well so okay i th- getting maybe to more of the philosophical element of difficulty what i was just thinking while you were talking was like why does difficulty have to exist you know, in in a game, because, for example, a game, uh, one of the uh, great features of a game, of a video game or a game of any kind, is is there's an element of escapism. There's somehow you are removing yourself from the complicated, out of control world that you can't exert the amount of control that you typically want to on, and entering into a world where you can, right? Which is is designed to help you feel autonomous. And a masterful, that's kind of a hint, but like, why, if, if the only thing in a game was like to, and, and there are some games like that, um, to just feel extremely powerful or whatever, why does it, like, why does difficulty have to be there? Of course, like, 
uh, I, I'm asking you that. Maybe if you want, do you want to chime in real quick on, yeah, your thoughts on that? My only thought in response really quick, I know you've got more to say, is just like, how do you make someone feel powerful without making something challenging? Does it exactly. really feel powerful to not be challenged? That's like, like, I don't know, right? Like, if I could, if you can win every single hundred meter dash you do, because you're just like inherently the fastest person alive and you don't have to try very hard. Is that, is that, do you feel powerful? I don't know. Right. So, so, uh, we've taught, we touched on it before, but there's this self-determination theory, right? The psychological framework that says that human psychological happiness can be broken down into how a person is, uh, how, how satisfied maybe a person is along three axes, one being autonomy, one being relatedness to others, and the third is competence, like mastery, right? right. There's for, for a game to have a mastery path, we were talking about Rocket League, for example, for it's, it wouldn't be satisfying to the, the, one of the reasons why Rocket League is so, continues to be so satisfying even, even after thousands of hours of play is there's, there's a, a still yet another challenge right ahead of you to to master in mechanics uh maybe in speed of play you know in relation to others or whatever if that challenge is not there there's this there's no pursuit of a goal one which like the whole extrinsic reward something maybe we'll talk about in another podcast but like there's no like pursuit of a goal and then the subsequent mastering of it which is a huge a thing that humans Team, uh, seem to find extremely satisfying. Right? right. Pulling this over to Dark Souls, right? It's the same thing. Dark Souls has a huge mastery path, right? At the beginning, right. you get like fucked up by literally the first enemy of the game, and you're supposed to, and eventually you learn to beat him. And then, you, like, almost every enemy in Dark Souls it has its own mastery path. Right. Because they're all different and they're all really difficult. So, for someone who really like gets off on mastery paths, I can totally see why they get into that game. But for someone who maybe wants it to come a little easier, I can see Dark Souls being really too punishing for them, right? Like in Dark yep. Souls when you die, not only do you lose souls, which are like your points for leveling up, but you also every enemy in the area respawns and you respawn back at like a bonfire, which is usually not like it's not like checkpoints and like mario or some shit it's not like nice it's like right. far right even to the point where there's something called like the dark souls run or whatever which is literally just the run back from the bonfire to where you were trying to ignore as many enemies as possible right this is just like a common thing you do is that like good design is it good design to make a game where like it's cool to kill the enemies the first time and then the second you've killed them you just want to run by them the next time i don't yeah, know that's a that's a interesting question um that yeah i mean so this is not Dark Souls. Although when it first came out, people uh-huh. there were reporters that uh, called it the made, Dark Souls of something. <laughs> yes, Cuphead. Uh-huh. So so Cuphead is also relatively difficult. Like it it doesn't. It's just hard, and there's no difficulty levels. There are, are difficulty there's levels. There's easy. Yep, okay. There's easy and normal. But I think what it was was just like even easy was tough. Yes, and, that is um, correct. Yeah, it's uh, not su- it's not very handholdy at all, and it, it used the levels I played. Maybe this changes as you go farther, but the checkpoints weren't s- super. Like for example, forgiving. Like I, no, you basically Ori, the boss levels. You just like start over at the beginning of the boss. Boss levels, right? You start and then all the over. platforming levels, which were you the like less one common levels. There's one something. checkpoint. Yeah, yeah. But the so, boss levels were not that. Like there was no checkpoint. It was basically a no checkpoint game. Yeah. Um, where the levels were not that long, but still, there were not checkpoints, really. 
at least yeah, for the we, bosses. Which we have our live chat here. Uh, if you didn't know, we we go live every Monday uh, uh, night, uh, usually at eight thirty p.m. Eastern on Twitch, and we do these episodes live. So come and twitch.tv slash ko koala underscore ent. Yep, and uh, Toby's in chat, and he's saying, "What about Crash Bandicoot?" So mm. I you played uh, that, you, right? Have you? Have I have you not, but I've watched it. Okay, because I loved Crash back in the day. Um, and that shit was tough too. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I mean, I was at a different point in life. I, I, I wonder, Toby calls out, what about the remake? We'll have to go back and play the remake and see how much. Have you not it is, played the Crash Bandicoot remake? No, I played the Spyro one. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to jump on I that shit. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crash is up there for me, uh, on my favorite PS1 games. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, yes, these, I, I'll say, uh, what is that good design you ask like is it good design to have a level like that where you just like want to run by everything again slash well what kind of people like a game like that you know what i mean like right. it's people who are like constantly seeking a challenge right they want to finish a challenge and get to the next one like i almost wonder if this bonfire aspect and running by is actually taking away from the game but people don't want to admit it like people who play dark souls are so used to that formula now that they don't care but like maybe if they designed it differently those people would actually enjoy the game even more maybe i don't know yeah. it's really hard to tell i would love to talk to someone who loves dark souls and see what they think about that mechanic specifically yeah we gotta I mean, talk there's to our also... boy eli who inspired this this topic actually right. and ask there's him right. what he thinks about that i mean there's even an element of um the run itself is sort of a skill to master right like it is in a way yeah yeah the avoiding the enemies and stuff it's very different from the fighting aspect but totally but yeah it's true (coughs) well excuse me i um now if if you have dark souls and you put that in front of miss candy crush 24 7 gamer what do you think happens so i have a really interesting anecdote related to this my mom plays some fucking mobile game that's like a match three game or whatever right she's on she's been playing it for like years she's on like level ten thousands. it has like infinite procedurally levels some match three game she's on like level like five to ten thousand so what is it like now she has like a huge ass grid that she needs to match three on much the same just with some weird oh, okay. extra mechanics that they add sometimes i don't know it's crazy that she, but and she doesn't care right this game is like pay to win as hell she's never paid anybody to it but like the levels at this point like they basically are stacked so far against you that you have to just play them over and over until you get like a good lucky setup to beat them um yeah. if you don't pay for shit and she doesn't pay <laughs> for shit and she doesn't care she just still plays it and i feel like a lot of the people who like casual games like that do that they just play the same shit over and over so i don't know maybe if those people could grasp the like mechanical like control aspect of dark souls they would actually be super into it and would maybe be some of the best candidates for it because they're willing to just bash their head against the like pay to win game and just like play the same levels over and over you know what i mean it's it's true and it's like kind of what we were saying before there's these different kinds of difficulties to a game like the the notion of uh, sort of reverse engineering your enemies and figuring out how to defeat them the best and not die is is sort of a difficult. The strategy is one thing, but the mechanics needed to execute the strategy right. is another thing. And right. that's the barrier sort of, of entry for Dark Souls is is very high, whereas the barrier of entry for a match three game is can you see three things next to each other and click them? 
Right. And that's <laughs> and that's my guess. Like you're saying, yeah. if, if if somehow you gave those people the magic power to suddenly be able to handle those mechanics, maybe they would enjoy it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that's a limitation of a lot of people just for video games in general. It's just that they don't feel like they can grasp the controls well enough to like enjoy it. Right. Um, for people who aren't that experienced with video games, I see this with board games too, right? Like there are board games I know like specific people would really love, but like the rules are too complicated. And so those people wouldn't even be able to get to the point where they could love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So we have some Max and chat um, calling out. Maybe she likes it because it's familiar. Or that's comforting. actually Ben. Just so you, ben. if you want to know, sorry Ben, that's Ben from sorry. work. <laughs> yes. So Ben calling that out. I I I was going to say the same thing too. You know, it's, it's some, there's some amount of habit in doing that, and maybe in all of these games where people like, for example, we have somebody in our uh, in our Discord. His name's Sinister Plum. I'm not sure if he's actually here with us right now, but he loves lassoing Halo campaigns. And what lassoing means oh, yeah. is basically legendary, which is the hardest difficulty level, which is already insanely tough on some. But then on top of that, all skulls on. So mm. skulls are gameplay modifiers. Right. All skulls on, I'll tell you, is a fuck fest. Like you, <laughs> you, the enemies throw tons of grenades at you. They dodge you way more readily. You don't have a HUD. You only gain <laughs> health back if you punch them. And this is on fucking legendary. Right. right. So. Like it's crazy, it's insane, and he uh, he makes it. He he loves doing it. He's beaten. I want to say he said five out of the seven Halos lasso, and he's he has some really impressive times on some of them. Um, and I'll I'll tell you, like I I <laughs> I don't I, as a big Halo fan, <laughs> I would never want to do a lasso a campaign and. Right. Uh, there's there's especially do it to, over and over right <laughs> right but there's something to this familiarity uh like that ben is calling that i think is part of what he loves it's the the there like i said you get into a certain mechanical flow executing what you need to execute to be able to complete these things it's very i mean like rocket league same thing right like when you when you're comfortable hit and flip resets wall dash uh sorry uh wave dashing uh whatever like it feel you like i don't know about you but for me i like picking up the controller and executing those movements just like yeah. I, you see people spend a b- bunch of time in free play i'll do that i'll just be in free play knocking the ball around you know like yeah. because that amount of familiarity comes uh, makes it comforting. Um, yeah, I think actually it's really interesting because um, I think basically it's because people hit this mastery ceiling, right? You spend all that, you commit all this time to mastering something, to learning this random unique skill set that applies out nowhere outside of Rocket League, nowhere outside of lassoing Halo campaigns. You want to use it. It's fun to use it once you master it. You don't want to just abandon it and go on to something else necessarily, right? If you're willing to put in the time and the system is deep enough, you want to keep using it. Um, and yes. I think this relates directly. So Toby called out something in chat, which is exactly what I was going to say as well in response to you, what you said, which is the speedrunning community. I think speedrunners mm-hmm. fall into this exact same category as uh, Sinister Plum because like they'll play the same game eight hours a day for six months just to like hit a world record. Right. And that's right. literally just like the quintessential definition of like taking advantage of a single mastery path. Right. They're trying mm-hmm. to actually master the game. And. 
for people who like that, like some speedruns are very hard in general. Oh, they yeah, are. Fuck. It's just very hard to do them in general. And people love that shit, right? Yep. And that's basically like Dark Souls. It's just the same challenge over and over, but you're getting better at it every time, right? It's just like you said with the, with, um, what's it called? The self-actualization uh, theory? Yeah. I, well, I was just going to say self-determination theory. Self-determination. Um, I think Raph Koster in his book, A Theory for Fun, touches on the fact that that part right of- over there. Yeah. Uh, great book. Another one if you're in wanting to jump into the world of game development or game design. Um, but in his book, Theory of Fun, he talks about one of the elements of becoming a master and mastering stuff is the ability to, there it is, is the ability to show it, if that makes sense. So becoming a master, there's that element. So again, in self-determination theory, that triangle of competence, mastery, and relatedness. Like, right. A huge part of the satisfaction of mastery is related to relatedness, like the fact that others see that you're a master, um, the fact that that's sort of you have now a, a role among others. So, you know, when you're a if you're the legendary speedrunner of whatever game, right, it's just right. like Sinister Plum right now in our discord. He is the legendary like it, it's it somehow f- fulfills that uh, fills in that status role that uh, we yeah. kind of all as as humans are sort of always, even it's just subconsciously trying to put ourselves, uh, uh, fit ourselves into. Yeah. So at risk of um, getting too philosophical, you know, I think that the fame, it, like if you're doing something just for recognition, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. But, um, but yeah, that's all. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I mean, yeah, make sure the fame <laughs> pays. And maybe that <laughs> pays <helps>. in fulfillment, <laughs> not in money. For the record, I mean, you need to eat. <laughs> That's true. Pays in Make sure it pays a little bit. Um, I don't know okay. if Sinister Plum is getting paid for last week Halo campaign. No, I don't think so. <laughs> not yet. Uh, not okay. yet. But now here, here's a cool thing. Cool. I, I like cool Diffi- things. Difficulty levels. Y- here to this. This is a. I think it's super cool. And I'm sure this is not the only game that does it. Difficulty levels and why they're there. Why we find them satisfying. Why different people kind of prefer play. Also, I think the context you're in. Uh, we were talking about this uh, with Fall Guys, right? Like when you play Fall Guys, you're trying to win. When I play Fall Guys, I'm trying to fuck around and have fun. More of like the things that can happen, kind of fun. Not necessarily the I won. That's fun for me for Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I so, think I'm trying to. I guess for me, I'm really trying to execute optimally. Whether that results in me winning for not, I care less about. Okay. I just care about like doing it cool shit, basically. But from that but, perspective, yes, totally different. I'm not in a execute optimally mode right. when I'm playing right. Fall Guys. You're in a fuck I around am mode. maybe when I'm playing ranked Rocket League, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so different games. You know, different difficulties for different scenarios and different games. I think that's why uh, it's cool when, like, Minecraft. Minecraft, like, has such a wide variety of difficulties of challenges in front of you that you sort of also, like, kind of choose to partake in depending on your mood. Like, if I feel like it in Minecraft, I don't have to go in the nether and beat it and I don't know what the fuck. Like, I could just fish, you know? You could literally um, go into creative mode even, right? I, I like, could even go to creative mode. I could put it on peaceful. I don't even need to worry about it, you know? Right. Um, and then at the same time, if I want to get crazy, I can put it on hard. I can go fucking kill wither skeletons to, to eventually get their three skulls to drop 
spawn a wither right and let like the whole world explode from this fucker you know like so um basically just saying that i think depending also on the mood people are that people find themselves in what kind of experience they're looking for from a game also influences um the second thing i want to talk about which is how these are actually implemented well wait hold on let's finish this philosophical discussion oh wait you had difficulty levels yeah so i don't know if you remember this i can't remember i was about to google it but i can't remember what game it was there was a game that came out that spawned a huge argument on the internet where people were fucking pissed that the game had an easy difficulty um i can't remember what it was are you sure that they were pissed that it had one or that it didn't have that it had one um and people were like so mad yeah. They were like gatekeeping and saying like, if you can't be a real gamer, you shouldn't be playing games. I think it, one that's coming to my mind, I can't remember if this is the exact one, but it was on Mario 3D World. If you like died enough, the game would like ask if you needed help and then you could say yes and it would like complete the level for you. Um, hmm. People were so mad that that existed. Hmm. And it's just like, dude, oh, let people yeah, play yeah, games yeah, yeah. how they want. That. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. People got so angry. People who would never well, use that feature, who don't care that that feature's there, who could just say no and never see the feature again, got pissed. Well, that's interesting. But here's another thing. Yeah, And we just have Josh in chat. When Fire Emblem introduced casual mode, a lot of fans got pissed off. Yes, it's similar. But I think, I think... Part of if maybe this isn't the same game, but I remember that there was a game that had something a similar controversy to it that was also surrounding the fact that reviewers were reviewing the game on that easy level. So the the people felt that it was unfair or inaccurate, like the review, right? Like if you and, and there's the general. I see that this controversy kind of show up from time to time. Like I remember it happened with Cuphead too when Cuphead came out and everybody there were some reviewers who wanted easy to be easier and uh that it was that basically it was the game was too hard they deemed, right? And there was controversy around whether that was a kind of viable uh reason to downgrade the score on the game like it should be easier uh or not. So right. Yeah, I don't that's a tough one. Um again, like I said, I feel like when you when you make a game, you're aiming for a certain demographic, you're tr- you're keeping in mind sort of the context that your game is probably going to be played in or that you think it, people will want to play it in. Right. Uh if you if you like if you're making Sekiro, you're making yep. Sekiro and you're not making Animal Crossing, right? right. And so you know, you just Maybe it's a little harder of a game. Like I don't, yeah. I I don't think I like the fact that Cuphead's easy was still hard. I like right. that Dark Souls exists personally. I don't like that every. I don't think every developer should feel like they need to have a "I'll hold your hand" mode. You know, some games, I in my sure. opinion, don't have to have it. It's not right. to say. Uh, I, I just don't think you should get angry if it does have it, I guess. I don't think that yeah. it's required, but it's not bad if someone adds it. And I think people getting yeah. mad if it's added is is stupid. Maybe um, maybe if it's a, a thing that's like retroactively like I don't know the case of Fire Emblem. I'm not sure I'm not familiar enough with that community, but for example, if Dark Souls, knowing Dark Souls and sort of the uh kind of category had and all of a sudden introduced some like super baby easy mode. I, I think there's an element of and maybe it's even related to that fact of like somehow 
the the things I've accomplished previously Mean-less. are somehow undermined right. by the Which fact silly, that you just added cause, this because they they aren't in any way. But like psychologically, I'm sure technically that's what they're not right. But right. again, it's like somehow I am like if I'm somehow a legend because of what I've accomplished in this franchise up to this point, and now you introduce an easy mode. Well, you know, like it's somehow not. I'm. I'm. This. This game is now perceived as not such a, as a hard thing, which somehow diminishes my status as a legend of a hard right. game. Right. I don't know. Right. You which know, is I, silly because that's all related to like people caring about recognition and notoriety and nothing else. But humans, man, humans. Yeah, I'm telling humans you, humans are bad at being happy. Um, so <laughs> that's why we're making games to help exactly <laughs> um, one more thing and then i want to hear about this implementation thing because i think the technical aspects of difficulty levels are really interesting too yeah but, um but i think one really interesting thing is in rhythm games very frequently you can compete with someone who's playing the same level at an easier difficulty and how they've balanced mm. that is really interesting i think in general you do you usually get more points for playing on the higher difficulties but your letter grade is still maintained, right? So if I play against someone on easy and I'm playing on like hard, we could both get A's, but my A will be worth more points. So I think that's a pretty good solution, right? Because the, the person playing as easy yeah. still gets the satisfaction of getting an A, but like their points don't. But honestly, like who cares about the points? You care about the grades. So for that, it's really nice for them, right? And this is not super dissimilar to the conversation we had previously around first-person shooters on aim assist, people playing with controllers and people who are playing mouse and keyboard who don't get the aim assist help. Like right. how, how do you kind of manage that? So, yeah. Um, I, I think, I do think that that implementation of the rhythm games is a, let's say, tasteful way of doing it. Um, oh, yeah. That seems, seems fair. Ben brought up Go something ahead. really interesting. I actually experienced this with him because I was uh, he was telling me about this game. There's a game called Starlink, the one with Star Fox in it. It was like the Starfighter game that came out on Switch. I don't know if okay. you remember. Um, hmm. But at the beginning of the game, there was no enemy scaling. So like the enemies were set to a specific difficulty level. And throughout the universe, they got harder in different areas or whatever, right? <laughs> but if you went back to an earlier area, they would be super easy. And then they pushed an update that made the harder enemies scale based on your pilot level. And so for some people who like played the game a shit ton, overnight like areas of the game became completely unplayable. Like you couldn't even be there anymore, even areas you had been for like the entire time you were playing. Scaling on experience. <laughs> oh, bad I th- idea. So I think it's a good thing if it's there from the beginning and the game is designed with it intentionally, but Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I suppose you could design it in such a way where you had to like somehow quantify though that the skills that your game requires are improving strictly from experience. You know what I mean? Right. Like no, if, totally true. If you had, if you have an idle game, for example, like the one in our Discord that you should play because you can get free stuff, <laughs> uh, and because it's also fun and you, interesting, because it also ha- introduces you to the universe of our upcoming <laughs> game. Yes, um, you with experience. Experiences is, is directly related to, I guess, your skill standings and your abilities in the game. Like because right. it's so, uh, I don't know, if one dimensional, but it's very, you sure. know, very straightforward. Um, but yeah, you have to be able to guarantee that if, if a person spends two hours, they are this much better at whatever mechanic. Yeah, you know? I think like turn-based RPGs, for example, are an example of games that do this yeah, sometimes because they because like you know the game the skill comes in the strategy, not in like a mechanic you're learning. And right, you should so for generally those, have these it. kinds of levels unlocked. Yes, right, and it just, your characters get stronger over time, so it kind of works. 
Um, but yeah, well, so, yeah, and yeah. those games involve some sort of grinding, so it actually makes your life easier if the enemies scale up, because then you can fight the same enemies and get more experience from them because they're harder, right? You don't yep. have to like grind shitty enemies the whole time. Um, yep. Anyway, yeah, that was just a, a, an interesting comment by Ben for sure. So, what? Tell us about what uh, difficulty implementations. What you? What do you find interesting about it? What's? I know. You, so I'm assuming one... you have a cool Halo story about it. Is what I'm guessing. So you know, Halo is <laughs> actually an interesting one where a lot of times I feel that the legendary versions, which are the harder ones, are just like broken. Halo Two is actually mm. the famous one where there are these snipers, these jackal snipers that are so fucking unbelievably quickly accurate that it is. It's just my head bashing material, man. Sometimes it's just, it's unfair. It's not like, you know, generally in Halo, one of the, I, in my opinion, and like the Doom has this too, like the beauty of, I mean, just in a, a good game design, when you lose, you should know why you lost so that you can get better, you know, yes. and try again, right? Yes. That the Jackal snipers robbed that from you. You died so fast, you, don't know even how to piece together what the fuck happened especially since in halo 2 prior to the new versions or whatever you didn't have like a camera that kind of showed you an angle of like where the shot even fucking came from you were just running like okay like and respawn like you know so anyway not not necessarily the old halos for sure right doom is the one i want to talk about so in doom 2016 there's a fantastic Super cool from an implementation perspective, in my opinion, talk done by the id team uh, uh-huh. for 2016, where they implemented a, I'm sure this is not the only game that does this, I got to imagine, but a, a an attack tick, ticketing system that would oh, dynamically yeah, change in relation to the player's skill. So, for example, the way you could think about it, this also was... Uh, not, uh, so first the the way you could think about it is if you had x like let's say 10 enemies in a bad guys in a room mm-hmm. the, if the player was bad per te- every 10 seconds however many enemies there were there there could only be a maximum of three attacks that happened in those 10 seconds because right. the player three is bad tickets and are sh- available three enemies can take those tickets and that's out and they don't so, refresh for another so basically every tick of the game the enemy, the AI requests a ticket to be able to attack, right? Um, that's cool. Simplifying this, yeah. If the player was good, those numbers reduce, right? So now right. Uh, the amount of time be- before those tickets are released and available decrease, and you know you have to deal with more stuff. This also was there. There are other systems that were related. That's like you know, if the player's better, there were more enemies right. or a greater variety or whatever. But um, this was. I look, I think this was slick as fuck. And it was also sort of, you know, dynamic in that, uh, if we, if we see you're struggling, could we potentially do something? They have different modes in Doom, similar to like Halo. Right. So I, I think it's within a range, maybe. Yeah. But if you may, maybe could they, and they said this in the talk, the idea is like, if we can detect that you're not learning, like you, you don't get, how you're losing, could we scale that system back just a teens to give you more of an opportunity to understand what the fuck is right. going on? You now, know? my question is, because like this comes down to one very simple question that I don't think is very simple at all, uh, which is how do you tell if a player is bad? Yeah. Right? Like, was, like if I die once on a level in Doom, I don't want it to suddenly become way easier, right? Like... Right. I, I, well, they very, also. Had, I wonder if they go over that. Do they go over well, like I what told, their uh, skill uh, algorithm is? It's it's been too long for me to 
to remember the details on that part. And they were talking more about like the AI design in, in that particular talk and how those kinds of things work. But um, they might have touched on that. However, they also touched on the concept that they use this metric of essentially that there was a relation to a player's skill and the amount of decisions they could handle per second. So uh-huh. basically, a player of higher skill could handle more decisions per second, right? Mm-hmm. So there's probably a way of yeah, like how do you quanti- quantify that? Yeah, like well, if if you're maybe in a battle zone and there's uh, you know from the ticketing system that these many attacks are happening, and it's maybe a more straightforward situation. There's not also elements of like navigating maybe the map and understanding where to go kind of a problem i don't know maybe you could break it down like yeah this person seems to be struggling with the amount of things happening per second (laughs) right i don't know i mean Uh, i don't know but i'll say when i was playing doom 2016 that shit flowed amazingly and like and maybe it is because of this system right like where areas were hard i felt like i mastered them but also maybe they got a tiny bit easier but does that sort of feel like a slight, maybe? Like, do I feel slighted now that I know that, like, maybe an area got a little easier and I didn't actually beat, like, what was the challenging version of that area? It's hard to say. Like, if you're learning, to draw an analogy, one that Raf Koster uses that I like, it's like if you're learning tennis mm-hmm. and your teacher's like, yeah, okay, for step one, just make contact with the ball. Step two, let's get the ball over the fence. Right. Step three... Uh, let's put you against this player who we think is similarly skilled to you. And maybe you're like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe either you handicap the other player somehow or just a little bit to, yeah. to, it, it's more of, I think, I feel like understanding where the player's at and what the next step is and right. just figuring out how to get there and knowing that the next steps are coming too. Well, like, and just I also because, think like, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. No, just because, just because in that moment you don't under you you couldn't beat that one player doesn't mean that without a little bit of training you can't soon beat the player that was even better than him. You know what right. I mean? Right. Especially so, training the right way, like because yeah. just bashing your head into like you said a wall where you don't understand how to get better is not yeah. as beneficial as it being in a situation where you can get better and understand and just doing that incrementally, right? So that totally makes sense. And I also think because Doom has all of these different difficulties, like selectable difficulties, that also sort of solves the problem, right? Because if I'm like here saying like, yo, I didn't beat it on the challenging thing, but I'm not gonna, I'm not also, like, I could just go back and play it on Nightmare then, right? If I really want to see mm-hmm. if I can beat it on a challenge, I can just play on a higher difficulty the next time. So it's not, it's it's got a system in place to like to answer my question of like, should I feel slain? It's like, no, because here you go. You want to play it harder? You can play it harder. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll tell you, even without playing a single thing of Doom, I played the beta and loved it, but like, and now I'll now go play the full game, but I just hearing those presentations, I'm like, that game's good. <laughs> it, and it is. It's, it, like, I, you know, I'm not a huge, like, that kind of game fan. Like, it's sort of like an arena FPS single player game, basically. And, I'm not like that into that, but I loved that game. I played it like straight through. I like every time I, I sat down to play games after I started it. Well, after I restarted it recently, I was like, I want to play this again. And yep. I'm excited to do the same with Doom Eternal because like just the way it's designed feels so good. It's a great game. Everyone yep. should play Doom. Um, yep. And I'll be playing it on stream. You can come watch. I think me it's a little on. unfortunate, honestly, that it's like so violent. Um, I wish that there were yep. non-violent games that were designed that well, but. Yeah, I, I thought do. that too. I guess somebody's going to have to make one. Uh, yeah, tune in next, <laughs> whatever. 
Uh, anyway, where can people find us? You can find us at KOKoalaEntertainment.com. There you have links to all our social media, uh, especially Instagram, where we do giveaways. Here's me plugging the extrinsic rewards. Where yeah. We give... We give things away on Instagram. We give things away on Twitter. We give things away on Discord. We give things away. If come for the giveaways, stay for the community for the content. Um, we uh, it would be cool if you won. You can find, like I said, on you can find all the links at our website. The most important one, Discord. Join the Discord. There you can not only hang out with the community, talk to us. Uh, it's definitely the place we're most accessible. But also, um, you can begin to delve into the universe of our upcoming game. Right now, there are projects. They are getting their milestone lore rewards. Some things, there's just a kind of thing, this mysterious, cryptic, where could it, where is it all going? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, they shall see. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes. Join us there. We hopefully already you- know. Yes. Subscribe <laughs> to us on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, know that we, we stream daily really on twitch Pretty much. one of us is always streaming and uh we stream these podcasts if you're hearing us in audio form every monday uh this time it's tuesday because of labor day but anyway every monday at 8 30 p.m eastern time so right now yep thanks guys for listening um, we will see you guys later hopefully on twitch next monday see ya Boom. see ya yep